You're listening to The Fashion Detour, presented by J-Tribe. I'm very excited today because we have a special guest. Her name is Kristen Robertiello, and she is the owner of KR Wardrobe Design. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. So, I know that you are a stylist, and I wanted to find out what inspired you to begin your career as a stylist. So I would have to say that my entire life, I've always like had an obsession with fashion. Um, beginning in my late teens, I just was always, you know, dressing myself and very into fashion in some capacity. I was always working in it. I started working in retail in my in my teens, um, and then in my twenties, I was working for MTV, but that wasn't you know, quite paying the bills. And I started working on the Upper East Side with some socialites doing some styling of the wealthy women on the Upper East Side. Um, and then I also had this amazing idea, at least I thought it was at the time, I wanted to create, it was called going to be called Papillon Image Consulting. And I was really going to start this new image consulting business. Uh, my friend and I joined this fashion group in New York City. Um, and we were going to start this whole business and just kind of realized that I needed to be making my money and I didn't have the time or the money to just start that up then. Um, I, I couldn't afford to be not bringing money, you know, in the beginning of a startup. Um, so then, you know, here I am then in my 30s, I ended up meeting somebody, meeting a producer, and she opened a door for me to start styling and production. So I was able to finally live out my dream, really. Wow. So yeah, that was basically what you wanted to do initially. And, um, you know, fate or whatever you want to call it led you to where right. you are today. That's pretty awesome. What would you say is your earliest fashion memory? Yeah, so I would say, you know, it's kind of actually, it wasn't a very successful one. It was kind of funny. I was in my, you know, in middle school and I was taking the sewing class and I had this brilliant idea that I was going to make this, you know, great jumpsuit and I was going to wear it and I worked really hard on it and I was going to debut it by wearing it to school and then it just turned out to be pretty much a disaster. Like one sleeve was longer than the other and I think if my memory's correct, the entire jumpsuit was like completely lopsided. But I wore it anyway. I kind of I kind of belted it and tried to make it work. <laughs> yeah, you uh it was your uh, you know, make it moment or that's really cute though. It's, yeah, it's probably the reason why I style and I don't design. <laughs> oh, I bet I bet you could do it. I mean it's probably you know, you, you have to know how to draw and um, that's probably part of why, like, I've always been super interested in design myself, but uh, I'm just, like, I, I draw stick figures. Like, that's my, the extent of my <laughs> drawing capability. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, and did you have mentors along the way to help you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have actual mentors, but when I started working in the production, you know, world styling, I worked underneath uh, an established stylist. And this stylist, um, her name was Jill Arnold, and she she actually was the stylist on the TV show Friends wow. um, you know, she, when she lived in L.A., and then she moved out to New York. And I worked under her for about six months um, and really learned the business. So if I had to pick, you know, any mentor, I mean, she was definitely somebody who taught me the ropes in this industry, which there's a lot to learn that people don't really know and understand about it. So that was one of the one of the kind of great things for me was I had the opportunity to work under her and really learn everything that I needed to know to, to eventually become a full-fledged stylist. Yeah, and I see that you've really done some beautiful styling, you know, as a production stylist for Microsoft and Coffee Maid and Garnier and so many others. So what are some of those things that go into it that you wouldn't think of? Yeah, right. So when you, I mean, you're watching a commercial, you're watching a TV show, you're looking at a print ad, you know, you kind of just, you know, you're seeing a beautiful image or, or, but there's just, again, like so many things that are happening behind the scenes that have to make it, you know, to make it happen. So, you know, the process is very, very complex. Um, it's very long. You know, usually we start out, you know, a, a production company will contact me or a director that I've worked with in the past and they'll book me for the job and we'll kind of start out, even before I'm involved, they'll have you know, mood boards and, and, you know, everything is all sort of ironed out for them prior to them coming to me. And then for, you know, on my end, they'll reach out to me and we'll, we'll start out with a conference call and they'll, they'll send me the, the lookbooks, the mood boards, and we'll go through those just to kind of get a feel for what the, 
the director and, and what the agency and the client have in mind um, mm-hmm. to, to, re- to really establish what they're looking for. And, you know, we go through that, um, have, you know, car conference calls. And then from there, usually I will go and create my own sort of mood board with more looks that I know are accessible within the budget and that are things that I can actually purchase. Um, that are in the stores and whatever. And then I present it to them. And from there, my assistant and I will, well, we usually have to then wait for them to cast. So Mm -hmm. they'll cast the talent and we'll get sizing information and we'll confirm that with the talent. Because what I find a lot of times is that they don't, they're not really forthcoming always with their actual sizes. Um, So we've run, run into situations where maybe the talent said they were one size and then they're really another size. So I'm really, you know, I think it's really an important step to make sure that I speak with the talent and confirm that they are the actual sizes. There's nothing worse. I mean, I've had it happen when we had a fitting and I didn't have the opportunity to speak with a, a talent and nothing worse than getting to the fitting and nothing fits them. Um, so, um, you know, so then my, my assistant and I will go out and we'll do like a tremendous, usually a tremendous pull, meaning we'll go into the different stores based on, again, budget. If it's for a celebrity, we're pulling from showrooms. Um, but for your general commercial or whatever, we're pulling from, from, and when I say pulling, I mean, obviously we're purchasing large amounts of clothing. Um, and we'll come back to the house and just kind of go through it, put looks together. Wow. Sometimes it takes, you know, a couple of, of times for us to go back and forth because, you know, we'll put the looks together and then realize, okay, you know, we could use this or we could use that. And then again, from there, you know, it's, it's let's go to the fitting. So now we have to pack it all up. We have to go into, you know, wherever the fitting is going to be. There's usually a, a, a huge room full of many, many, you know, different layers of people, whether it be the agency, the client, the director, who all kind of have a say in what's going on because everybody wants to be involved. I mean, there's even times where legal departments are involved because we can't show logos, logos or um, wow. you know, there's certain things that, that has to go through legal. Yeah. Um, so, and then from there, you know, we then go to the shoot, which is a whole other animal because um, that once we're shooting, which the shoot can be anywhere from, you know, at a minimum eight hours, usually it can be upward of 12, 14 hours for maybe a 36, 60 second spot. And then mm-hmm. there, the responsibility is just making sure that there's continuity throughout the, the whole, you know, shooting. So, for example, if it's a 60-second spot, but it took us 12 hours to shoot it, we have to make sure that when they're in post and they're putting this all together, everything looks the same. Like, I don't know if any of the, you know, if you or anyone's ever been watching a show and you see, like, a collar sticking up and then the next scene is down and you're like, ooh, you know, I mean, I know. Right. I that because, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even watch TV, to be honest with you, because my kids are like, I'm so annoying. I look at the TV and I go, did you see that? And they're like, Mom, you're annoying. But but that's, you know, a lot of times that's, you know, even if it's not really that noticeable to the to our eyes or it's just a quick little like thing um when they're in post and they catch that it's just it's not it's not going to be good they're not going to be happy and and it can cause a lot of problems so definitely there's a lot of lot that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of layers of approval and a lot of things that have to happen to make everything look the way we end up seeing it in its final you know stage wow and um do you when you get to the actual shoot do you do they trust say this is what she's wearing at that point is it up you know not I would I would say not really I mean I guess it really depends a lot of times when I've worked with a director for you know multiple times and they trust me and we work together a lot um, sometimes they'll give me a little more creative control but again you know overall there's so many people that have to sign off on on the look that I wouldn't say in those circumstances there's a tremendous amount of creative control. I, usually once we get to set and we start shooting, the looks are already established. I mean, I do bring all of the, the pull with me because there have been times, and, and it does happen, where we think something's going to look great on set, and we, you know, we start rolling the camera, and it's not working for whatever reason. And that, you know, that definitely can happen. I mean, again, there's so many factors to consider. What couch are they sitting on? Who are they next to? A lot of times, if I have three or four or multiple talents, they have to look, to, you know, look good together, but not look like they're matchy or, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of factors. But in terms of creative control on that end, I wouldn't say that, you know, I would say that there's, there's so many layers of approvals that my creative control is not 
is not there that much. <laughs> right, right. So you're following basically their, you know, they're saying these are our ideas. You go get, you go get yeah, the clothing I, that kind of matches that. And yeah. then they have to approve and, but, that. Absolutely. But I mean, but again, there's also, because I've been doing this for so long, I can say that it happens so often that they think they know what they want. And sometimes they really do, but at the same time, sometimes once they, they see it, then it's like they don't really know what they want until they see something. So because I've been doing it so long, I know to always pull outside of the box. So they may give me their direction, but I'll also, you know, say to myself, okay, well, I could see this. And sometimes it, they wind up in that, you know, it happens a lot. Um, you know, there was one time I was doing a shoot, it was for Food Network, and they said to me, okay, this entire client, I mean, this entire talent has to be in gray. And mm-hmm. I pulled an entire rack of gray, but I said, you know, let me just pull something in blue. I mean, it was just because I know how it goes. And sure enough, we're sitting there, we're, you know, we have them, they're, they're dressed, they're, we're about to roll camera. And the director says, you know, do you happen to have something in blue? And I, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> um, so, so just, you know, that just comes with experience, um, mm-hmm. just knowing that not everything that they, they say, I'll always pull what they say, but then I always have other options that are not something that they might have mentioned as well. And I'll make suggestions too. So, you know, it just, it just yeah. depends ultimately on what everybody, you know, what everybody's vision is. And once they see it, once they can actually see it live, sometimes that can change. Yeah, definitely. I can, uh, I, I can imagine. What's your favorite part about that process of the production styling? So I find, I mean, it's, I've always said you have to have a little crazy in you to be in this industry because it's completely frenetic, right? So there's always, everything's last minute. So that aspect of it, I don't like, except I do feel there's a part of me that thrives on that. And I do my best work when I'm under the gun. Mm-hmm. So for me, once we have that fitting and I know what they're wearing and everything's sort of pretty much set in stone, like I feel like I can exhale and breathe. And then what, my favorite part would be really being on set. There's just this energy to just being on set and when the camera's rolling and just, I mean, sometimes it can be like watching paint dry because there's, you know, you're doing the same take over and over again. And, you know, but overall, I think just being on set is there's just such an amazing energy to it. Yeah. I, I I can definitely imagine that. I mean, I'm myself the type of person where, like, I like to be, like, going, going, going. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like the Energizer Bunny, but, uh, but, but um, and then you get to see your, like, everything come together. So that's probably... Um, feels really good, you know, it feels like a big right. accomplishment. Yeah, it's very rewarding. And then, of course, if I'm sitting there watching a tell, you know, like I said, I don't watch that much TV, but if I, either they'll, they'll send me the spot or once in a while I'll have the TV on and I will see something I've done or I'll be flipping through a magazine or walking through the city and I'll see something on a billboard or a bus that I've done. And so, you know, that's really, that's really rewarding is kind of just seeing the final, everything come together and have it, have it be a final product that I can, I can put my name on it and say, oh, I did that. So I do love that aspect of it as well. That's amazing. And I know you also style many celebrities. Can you describe your process when styling them? So if I if I've never worked with a celebrity before, it's you know it's a little different than I've than if they're a new client. And I do have some celebrities that have come to me prior. So I, I work with them on a shoot, and then they continue to use I you know use me to style them. Um, but most of the time when I'm working through production, you know I don't really have access to them. There's a couple of times where I've been giving, like I was working with Jack Wagner and they said, oh, here's a cell phone number. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, um, but a lot of the times I'm working through their managers and they're very protective of them and I don't really get to speak directly to them until we're actually at the fitting. Um, so it's really just a matter of, you know, getting information about what designers they like, you know, if they have a preference for a certain designer or brand. Um, one of the things that I really do like about working with celebrities is that I'm able to pull through showrooms or through stores that, you know, I've had stores actually open up specifically for me to go into the store and pull for them as opposed to me, as opposed to me kind of flying under the radar and pulling from stores and doing these huge, huge pulls and then doing these huge returns and having the stores like hate me. (laughs) So, you know, when, when we're doing that, I've had, you know, store managers chasing after my assistants going, oh my God, we know who you work for. You can't do this because there actually is a protocol for styling for this, you know, for the business where we're supposed to go through studio services, which is, you know, for example, Macy's and Bloomingdale's or even Gap because, you know, Gap and those kind of stores, there's a lot of 
a lot of commercial wear because it's not logoed. Um, so you're supposed to go through the studio services system. And then what you do is you pull, you have a certain number of days that you can keep it, but then you have to pay a restocking fee. And because I don't always have the budget to do that, I've spent a long time sort of flying under the radar and not really registering myself as a stylist. They all know who I am. I mean, the looks shoot across the, the store when I walk in. But um, mm. and I've been I've been banned. I've you know Century Twenty One banned me from from pulling there, um, and, well actually from doing returns there, which is basically the same thing. Um, but so when I'm working with celebrity, it is really you know it's a much sort of nicer process because I am going into a showroom, I'm going into a store, and they're lending me stuff, and I'm not having to deal with the the return and then you know that kind of thing. Um, so that's pretty much it. And then I you know a couple like one of my my clients now, she's a big client of mine, is Sylvia Day. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And I worked with her. I've been working with her for about seven years. And with her now, I don't even, there's no middleman. Literally, we both like, you know, this is where I do get a lot of creative control. Um, and her and I just, we just go back and forth. I'll send her like inspiration pictures. I'll be like, what do you think of this? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'll pull, you know, she's out in Vegas. So I'll go into the stores. I'll pull a lot of things. I'll ship it out to her. I'll go to her house. We'll do a fitting. We just did a big shoot for, she had a new book coming out. So we were doing her author cover. But in addition, we were doing all her publicity. What's going to be in People Magazine, what's going to be on the side of, you know, inside of a billboard, I mean, a, a cab or on a billboard. And so with, with her, since I've been working with her for so long, I mean, I know her, I know her style, I know her sizes, and I deal with her directly. So again, it really just depends on what the shoot is, whether I'm dealing with their her, their production managers or, you know, their personal managers or whether or not I'm dealing directly with them. Wow. And then like, for example, would you be responsible for picking out something that they're going to wear to an event? Uh, yes. Well, you know, again, for this particular client, she was going on a total road tour for her, her new book that was coming out. So I was doing it virtually because I couldn't physically be there for her, but I was just sending her looks and then we were ordering a bunch of different looks so that, you know, that was the event she was attending, TV shows, morning shows she was speaking on, um, which was, were a lot of different um, shows because it was like a worldwide tour. She was traveling all over. Um, and then if there's, you know, some red carpet event, you know, same kind of thing, pull from a showroom. Usually I'll pull it and then go meet with my client and then we'll just fit it and figure it out what they're going to wear from there. Wow. I, I always wondered, you know, when it comes to celebrities, how much they, um, you know, how much of the process do they, you know, take part in? Or do they just want you to come and say, this is what you're wearing type, you know? Again, I, I, would, I would say it depends. It depends on the on who they are, yeah. you know, and it, and it depends on the, how long they've had a relationship with them because, you know, they once you get to an established point where you've been working with them a while, then they trust you. You know, they'll, they'll trust your, your opinion and they'll trust that you know what they like and, and what is going to work on them versus in the very beginning when you're first established, you know, establishing a relationship, you know, there, it, there's that time to build that trust factor and to really just kind of, you know, and, and that goes that goes for even my personal clients as well. You know, it's really a matter of getting to know them, their lifestyle, their personal preferences. And once you establish that, then it becomes a much smoother, easier process. Yeah. I I mean, I'm definitely um, impressed, as I'm sure many people will be. <laughs> I mean, you've accomplished so much, and your career has included styling for Boardwalk Empire to styling the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson. So how do you switch gears for, for each specific job that you take on? You know, I mean, every single job, every shoot, or every personal client, every job is completely unique. So... I have to start out completely fresh when I do another job. You know, each job is stressful, but there's also amazing things about it. And so I literally just take each job as it comes and look at it as its own unique entity. And I really just start with that, you know, clean slate. Like I, like I said, I always joke that you have to be a little crazy to work on this in, in this industry, but I thrive on that on the, all of that. Um, you know, I've had shoots that were so stressful that I was in tears, crying. Um, you know, when I did Boardwalk Empire, I custom designed those shoes in Italy and they got stuck. And I've, I've spoke about this before, but they got stuck in customs and we were shooting the next day. And as I mentioned about the process, you know, there's so many layers of approvals. So once these shoes got approved, you know, there was no changing them because the show opener was basically all about the shoes. It was about the, the water rolling up on C. Buscemi's feet. And then we shot it in a, in a reverse 
So the water kind of, the, the ocean rolls out and there's Steve Buscemi's, you know, beautiful, you know, shoes and feet, perfectly clean. There's not a grain of sand on them. And the concept or the, was that he's, he's like untouchable, right? So the night before the shoot, I'm, I'm on the phone with customs, you know, 3 a.m., you know, I need my shoes. <laughs> and um, thank, you know, the universe because it ended up raining. And so we had to push the shoe today. So I was able to get those shoes out of customs. I do not know what I would, would have done had that not happened. Um, you know, again, every single shoot has its own stresses. I, I can't name one shoot that I've done that I haven't had some crazy, you know, story about. I, I really, I'm thinking I should write a book because there's just so many interesting things that happen that, that you know, on a daily basis. Um, I was doing a live fashion show for uh, Ulta Cosmetics with L'Oreal Garnier, NYX, and, you know, that was a really stressful one for me because I was dealing with three very unique brands and they all have their, like L'Oreal has their girl. And, you know, that's a very specific, you know, look and, and target audience for them. And then, you know, Garnier does as well. And like NYX Cosmetics is more that street style. So trying to, you know, please all these people and get this shoot out in a very, you know, short period of time. And we were shooting it in Florida. So, you know, every, every shoot has its own, own stresses and I just have to switch gears and keep it in perspective and say, you know, I'm, I'm creating, it's, I'm a creative person and it always works out. And then at the end of the day, no matter how bad that shoot is, when I say bad, I mean just stressful for me, I always know that it's going to be, you know, a thing of the past because then I walk away from it and, you know, that I'm on to the next shoot. Yeah, you definitely have to think on your toes, it seems. Oh, yeah. My, my biggest joke is I always say, you know, let me make, you know, sorry, let me wave my magic wardrobe wand because everyone seems to think I have one. <laughs> so I'm going to ask for one for Christmas. No, um, yeah, I definitely, like, don't, you know, I, I know that every single time I'm doing something, it's going to be something unique and new and different. And I really just have to think, think out of the box for a lot of things. I was doing a shoot for, I was one of the ones for Sylvia, but it was not with her for Sylvia Day. And the director called me and said, well, they sent me their, their mood boards and there was this, you know, beautiful feathered cake. And so I spoke to the director and I said, you know, I love it, but I'll be really honest, we don't have the budget for that. That's like a, that's like a runway piece. And mm. she's like, I know, I know. And, and she's someone I'd worked with before, so I could kind of say that. Sometimes I don't talk budgets with them. But... And so she said, I know, I just really wanted it. And I, I said, well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I hung up the phone and I said, I have to make this happen. So I called Garrow Sparrow, whose fashion show I was just at. Um, he was just the final Sun Project Runway. And I called him and said, I need a feather cape and I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> he, and, you know, he's, he's used to me calling him and saying those things. Um, and he made it for me and I showed up on set and they were just dying. They said, you know, you're my hero. I can't believe you did this. So I always, those things make me feel really good when I'm able to, to really come to them and, and give them something that maybe they weren't expecting. They, they wanted it, but they didn't think they could have it. So that's always a really great feeling as well. Yeah. And I'm sure you've, you've established a lot of connections over your experience, you know, throughout your uh, career, which, which definitely helps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, connect, connections are key for sure. <laughs> yeah, and what what challenges have you faced in your career? Um, well, like I said, I mean, there's different challenges on every single shoot, right? So, you know, I mentioned the Boardwalk Empire one. I mean, there's just every single time I do a shoot, there's there's always some form of a challenge. Um, do you, you know, think I, that it was hard for yeah. you to break into the to the industry, or it was just like a like a, it went up, you know, like your trajectory was, you know, kept going, you know, you kept going from like one to the next level or was there, well, I'm asking this out of my own personal curiosity because I'm just wondering, like, you know, how do you get from like A to Z, you know? It's well, I would definitely say that working to, to actually get into the industry is a bit of luck and a bit of who you know. Um, because it's not that it's not so easy just to break into the industry. So for me, I, I, I was very lucky. I really feel like it was fate that kind of stepped in for me. I had met a producer who just, she loved the way I dressed. She said, you know, I think you should work in this industry. And she put me on as a must hire. So a must hire means that, you know, I was, I was assisting this Jill Arnold that I was mentioning, um, but that Jill didn't really have a choice. And, she, and Jill already had an assistant, so I don't think she was really that too, too pleased about it. Um, so I, I, like, I met somebody, and I was very blessed to get into the industry. 
but this producer opened the door for me. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that walked through it. I'm the one that continued to learn and grow and, and, and do my job and do it well, which then every single time I was working with one production company or one director, then they would hire me for the next one. Or I would, that director would say, go and work with a different production company. So then a lot of times directors get to say what stylist they want. So they would bring me on. So over the years, so I started with this one production company. But then over the years, it just continued to grow and grow where I was, I was working with a lot of different production companies. And then once you have the experience behind you, then I went and built my website. And I have a reel, which showcases a lot of the work that I've done. Um, you know, and I'm always networking. I'm always trying to meet people and always trying to stay you know, in the loop of, of the production world. At the same time, I've also sort of branched out over the last six months and started working on a different side of the business as well. Like I'm expanding what I do. Um, one mm -hmm. of the things that I had noticed, uh, you know, I started noticing that because of social media, because of these brand ambassadors and, you know, I, I think also, I mean, this is just my assumption, but I think because TV commercials aren't as prevalent, we're seeing them, but you know, people are watching on Netflix and they're doing, you know, things are, it's not, they're just not as, as big. And then, and then the production companies were starting to shoot work on, um, you know, with a lot of internet based stuff. And then the budgets are going down because the companies are spending a lot of money on their marketing in different areas, or they're saying, all right, we're going to shoot this for the internet. And well, you can shoot it for the internet, but it's still, you know, my, my rate's still the same, or it still takes yeah. the same crew to shoot that. But in their minds, you know, oh, well, it's for the internet, so it's not as expensive. So I really started to kind of shift my business. And again, I still definitely do television commercials and, and promos and all, all of that work as well. But then I also started focusing on brand ambassador work for myself. I was accepted to like to know it. I started focusing on my Instagram um, and just kind of getting into a different you know, aspect of the business. And then one of the things I also noticed was that when I was, you know, looking at this Instagram and sort of focusing more on it than I ever had in the past was that there's a lot of very young girls on Instagram and they look great. They, you know, they're influencers, they're brand ambassadors. They, they know how to take a great picture of themselves. They know how to market themselves in that way. But there really was a missing niche for women over, I know, I say 40, but I kind of moved it to 35 just to, you know, keep, make sure I had expanded my, you know, my target enough. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt that where, you know, whereas a woman who's in her 40s, say, can look at these pictures and say, oh, well, that looks really good, but I can't relate to that. I can't wear that. So I've been really getting out there. I was on a couple morning show, a couple shows talking about this. Um, and I'm really just trying to get out there and, and be sort of that influencer, brand ambassador, person, spokesperson for women over 35 that they have somebody that they can look to and say, oh, well, I can relate to that and, and, and teach women how to dress trendy, but at the same time also stay age appropriate and, and really instilling a lot of confidence as well. Yeah, and I can attest that you are very beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because I've seen you in person. Um, oh, but, thank you. But, but yes, and, and actually talking about that confidence, definitely, you know, when I feel like I'm dressed well, I feel more confident. So how do you, how do you deal with that when it comes to your clients? Like, how do you approach giving them more confidence? through their clothes? Well, so if I'm, if I'm working with a client and, uh, you know, I'm, first of all, my, my process with them is that I'm going to get to know them first a little bit. You know, I'm going to find out what their lifestyle is and, and who they are and what they're doing. And so once I, you know, get to the, their house, let's say I'm fitting them, I'm pulling and I'm, I'm shopping for them and I'm pulling for them in their house as opposed to um, meeting them at a store. But no matter what way that I'm doing it, once they start trying on those clothes, one of my skills is really that I'm really good at reading body language and also like I dress people in my head. So once I start getting those clothes on them, and obviously I'm very honest with them. I'm not going to say, oh, you look amazing in that. I'm not a glorified salesperson. I don't make commission off what I'm selling. So mm -hmm. I know they can, they can trust in that. So once they start trying on those clothes and putting them on, you know, and I can see that, you know, I can see their confidence already starting to, to form just because they're putting something beautiful on. And then if they look amazing in it, I'll most definitely um, sort of tell them, oh my God, you know, this looks amazing on you. Now let's do this, let's do that. And, and just that alone, just me being there really does help their confidence. And then also, a lot of times they don't want to step out of their comfort zone because they've been buying the same thing over and over again because they say, oh, this looks good on me, so I'm going to buy that again and again and again. So 
I try to kind of teach them how to incorporate the trends. Maybe it's slowly. Maybe I have one client who I've been working with her for, I think, two years now, and we're just getting there where she's willing to say, okay, I'll do that. But once she puts it on, again, you can see that she feels good about herself. And, you know, so it's a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of kind of hand-holding through the process and, and, and convincing, um, you know, putting them in the mirror and saying, oh, my God, look how amazing you look in this. And then you could wear this here and you can wear it there and you could actually switch this up and, and do this with it and just kind of teaching them. And I think, I think just that process alone helps build their confidence. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, every, in any field, in any area, people thrive off of that positive reinforcement. So... I definitely get what you're saying. Like they need that affirmation, then they start believing it, you know, if they, but sometimes it has to like come from someone like you and they're like, well, if she's saying it, then, you know, I think that that, that has to be, that has true. So. Right. Which is why having that relationship with my client is so important because they, I, they do need to develop that level of trust in me to know that I'm going to, that, I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest because, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone into a store and you've tried on something and you come out and you like, you, you know, you look, you don't look good in it. It's not working on you. And then the salesperson is saying, Oh my God, that looks so amazing on you. And you know, I, about for me, I'm thinking, okay, this looks like crap and you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to sell me something so you can get your commission. And so for me, like I said, I don't work on that commission. So I'm, I'm going to make you look good because, and this may sound a little corny, but if, if you don't look good, then I don't look good. Like if you, if I dress you in something and then you walk out of the house and your friends are looking at you and they're saying, oh my God, what is she wearing? Um, and then, you know, they're saying, well, oh, you know, I have a stylist. That makes me look bad. So it's really important to me as well that my, my clients look amazing. I, I don't have any, my, my only ulterior motive is that I, you know, that I want them to look great. So I look good too, right? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I had an experience recently where I went with someone personal shopping and the, her issue wasn't like she didn't have, she wasn't self-conscious about, you know, her body or anything like that. She just didn't want, she was worried that she was like, she wasn't, she was in like the education field. So she was around, mm -hmm. she was around kids and a lot of the things that I picked for her, she wasn't sure about because she thought that they were too dressy. Mm -hmm. or like for like that kind of like work environment so it was a little bit tricky um and it was like we you know we only did it that one time so I didn't feel like I could establish the relationship like as much as you do um right so obviously times with someone you really get much more of an idea of you know like who they are and you know what they're looking for but it's so sometimes it's just like it doesn't necessarily have to do with like their body image it could also just be that you know like what I what I work like I work with kids also but I I'm always overdressed I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well no I always say it's better to be yeah it's better to be overdressed than underdressed but to your point so you know not all my clients I work with on a regular basis and there's always that first time and you want them to be you know happy the first time it's so I have my clients fill out a, sort of a, I have a questionnaire and I will have them fill out you know, a bunch of questions just so that when I go in and meet with them, and, and I do try to meet with them prior to me going and pull because I like to go and look at their closet. Let me see what you have. You know, some of my clients want to hire me for the full everything. So they want me to come in and they want me to assess their closet, maybe clean out, get rid of stuff. A lot of people have a hard time. They hold on to things that are no longer, they're no longer wearing or no longer in style. So, um, you know, I'll do that. But some of the, some clients don't want that. They just need, you know, an event or they just want to refresh their their fall wardrobe or refresh a certain season. Um, but even even doing that, it's really important for me just to I have them fill out this questionnaire just to kind of get to know their lifestyle. So then I would know, okay, you're a teacher. You know, on the weekends, I go out to dinner with my husband or on the, you know, I, I need looks because I, my kids play football and I want to, I never know what to wear. I want to look cute on the weekends, but, 
you know, I'm going to football games. So, you know, and I do, I have a client that that's one of her things. I mean, she, she doesn't work. She, she goes to events with her husband, but then she also, you know, wants to just on a daily basis, she wants to look nice, but she still wants to be casual and not overdressed. And so knowing that I'll shop differently for her, obviously, than if I have a client who, you know, goes to the city every day and she works in a suit, but then on the weekends, she's going to parties. I mean, it's, it just really depends on their lifestyle. That's, you know, a really important factor to it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, like, because I'm in the modest, you know, fashion space, it's a little bit more limiting. Like, it's, it gets a little trickier. Just, you know, I mean, I don't think you have to have had to think about this that much. But just like, you know, there's not as many three quarters top versus, you know, there's so many other options that are a camisole or, uh, you know, like, you know, I'm starting from like a much smaller. What's the word? <laughs> like a much. Smaller. Well, your 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 selections are are more limited. You know, for sure. Um, right. So, but but, but, but having... that's a very smart idea, and um, you know, a very that's that's a very good tool. Um, you know, like you said, yeah. to have them fill out that questionnaire to just really. Yeah, I'll I'll send you it. <laughs> I'll send <Sounds> you mine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but I, but I hear you. On I mean, like for me, when I'm doing a lot of the, the times I'm doing shoots, you know, I there's very specific wardrobe that I need to be pulling. That is, you know, if it's a commercial, if it's if it's a a TV show talk host, um, you know, that wardrobe has to be you know conservative or you know you're you know modest. Um, and so I am, you know, I don't have clients that I'm pulling for that way, but I definitely understand what you're saying because I do have to find those kind of looks for. For television and talk show hosts and things like that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, you know, seen the, the, the show hosts. You know, they wear modest conservative dresses. Yeah, they want to be taken seriously. I think right, and just you know, yeah, and just exude that kind of like well, whatever. It's just there's always professionalism. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, and and how do you approach styling men versus styling women? Like, is it is there a difference? I mean, I would say the only difference is that men, I mean, a lot of the men that I've found have been television. Um, but I would say in general, like, they're men, they're not, like, as hard on themselves. So they're not, they're not going to stand there and say, oh, my, my butt looks fat in this or, you know, I don't like my thighs. Um, you know, but most of the time, if, you know, a man is just, if he does, if he's hiring me, it's because he doesn't have time to shop, you know, or he doesn't feel like he knows what he's doing. Um, so... You know, even even if I'm selling a, a man for a shoot and I say put this on, he's like, okay. You know, um, <laughs> I definitely think <laughs> I, I think women are just more critical of themselves and need a little bit more, you know, kind of you know encouragement and handholding and 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 more of that confidence boosting than than men do. I think I think men are a little bit easier in that regard. Yeah, and so I'm I'd like to know how would you describe your personal style? Bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I have, I have a tremendous wardrobe. I mean, just obviously being a, a, a fashionista in general, but then also just in, by nature of what I do, you know, and it really depends on my day and my mood. I really do dress for my, like some days I'm feeling kind of boho. Other days I'm like channeling Coco Chanel. Like it's just, you know, I mean, it really depends on my mood. Like in general, like overall, I'd say it's, I'd say it's pretty much like a street style, like street style smart that I do. Um, I have a teenage daughter. So over the years, you know, I've, I've kind of toned down my looks as well. And, some, and to some regard, because I'm a stylist, I feel like I can get away with a little bit more, but I also won't wear what my daughter's wearing. So a lot of times, like, you know, like I, as I mentioned, as I'm trying to teach women, I try to stay on trend. I don't, I'm not a slave to trends. If I feel like a trend is not for me, I don't do it. Um, or a lot of times I'll incorporate a trend in just a very small way. Um, but definitely I feel like I've changed that way I dress a little bit because I'm trying to do it age appropriately. So for example, like crop tops were really in. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to walk around showing my stomach right now because I don't think it's appropriate for, you know, for my age, but I will wear one, but I'll pair it now with like a high-waisted jean so that it kind of just meets and I'm, I'm doing it age appropriately. But overall, I'd say like very, just kind of that street style smart is my, is my overall look. Street style smart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's good that you could incorporate the trends. It's not like you're totally moving out, you know, you can still, you know, just do it in your own way. 
So that's uh, yeah, and and that's what that's what I'm working on on really showing women. I I was um I spoke on Bella TV. They had asked me if I would come on their um show and do I think it was oh summer like fall and I mean sorry spring and summer trends. And mm-hmm. they said we're going to give you two models. And so I said to them, well you know two models aren't really going to we're not going to be able to cover it all the all the trends and then I'm just going to be kind of speaking to the other ones. So why don't I, you know, do two models, one age 20, one age 50, I'll do one trend and I'll show viewers how they can wear this, like the same, like both ages can wear the same trend, but just by tweaking it. So my opinion is that almost every single trend can be worn by all ages. It's just how you, you go about it and how you do it. And there's certain ways that you can tweak a trend that it makes it age appropriate. Whereas a 20 year old is wearing it one way and then a 50 year old, she, you know, you can also wear it, but you're just going to do it a little bit differently, you know? So that's kind of my whole thing. So I'll, I'll always incorporate trends for myself, for my clients, but depending upon their age and their lifestyle, I'll sort of tweak it to make it appropriate. Yeah, that's and and I, there's definitely a, a niche and a and a place for that for sure. Um, nowadays, women wanna, um, you know, women are just. I think they're more. They're more. They have. They feel like they have more freedom. They want to express themselves. They want to feel beautiful, and it really ages a number. So, um, I I think I think that. I mean, I don't know, but I feel, you know, almost the best I've ever felt at this age. I'm 49 years old and I feel great. And I, if I look back, you know, to when my mother was this age, I mean, I'm sure I looked at her and thought, oh, she's old. But in general, I think that, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, 50 is a new 30. And I really think it's true. I think that women are taking better care of themselves. I mean, of course, there's all these, you know, there's Botox and all these things that are keeping us looking young anyway. But in general, I think that at this age, like whether it's, 40 or, or, or 50, you know, we are at the best time of our lives. Like we're the most confident we've ever been. We don't care as much about, I know when I've hit my forties, I stopped caring as much about what everybody else thought about me. Right. So why, why isn't, you know, why can't I still be fabulous? And I'm not going to throw in the towel and not, you know, continue to dress beautifully and really care about the way that I look. And one of the things I always say is that you know, you're, when you're, when you present yourself, when people first meet you, when you walk into a room, you walk into a store, wherever it is, that's your advertisement to the world. The first thing that they will notice is how you look. And I'm not talking about whether you're pretty or not. I mean, that's, you know, can always be a part of it too, but I'm talking about, you know, how you're presenting yourself. You know, did you take the time to do your makeup and your hair and you put together and that's your personal statement to the world. So why wouldn't you want it to be the best it could be for you? Like, you know, just you know, really take the time and care about it because that, you, that is your resume, your personal statement before you even open your mouth and speak to somebody. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you want to leave a, you know, a good impression. So mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. So what, <laughs> would you, what would you say is your favorite item in your wardrobe right now? Oh, um, I don't, you know, Let's see. Um, so I love designer like bags and shoes and belts and and for the most part, my whole I'm going to go off track a little bit, but my whole philosophy is like I love to mix less expensive pieces with more expensive pieces. But I got this Gucci belt that has these pearls on it, and I wear it at least twice a week. I put um, extra holes in it. I had Gucci put the extra holes in it so that I could wear it with a dress, so it, I could wear it more high waisted, mm-hmm. and then I wear it sort of, I, you know, I can wear it with jeans. So, I, you know, lower weight. I, I wear this thing to death. It, it owes me no money. I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. Wow. It sounds really pretty actually. And it's very, yeah. you could do a lot with it. You could put it over a jacket. You could put it over a, you know, a cardigan. You could put, like you said, you know, so it's like there's the possibilities are endless. So I think yeah, I, I love, I love when I buy something that you know, a lot of times I wear dresses or a lot of the things that I wear because I'm always on Instagram, because I'm, I'm sort of in the spotlight more often now, I feel like I can wear it once because I'll be like, oh my, I wore that already. It was, it was on Instagram, you know, for, you know, a month ago, so I can't put that on again. Um, so for something like a belt or those kind of pieces, those are investment pieces for me, but they're also things that I can completely, you know, like you said, match with many different things, wear it many different ways. And so for me, that's where I really like to, to, to spend my money are, are in pieces that I can get a lot of use out of. Yeah, and I think, I mean, today it's kind of, it's a little bit, it's like that it's hard to balance that out because you're like, on the one hand, you know, I'm the type of person where, you know, like I don't, 
I don't mind, you know, I, I want to re-wear re things, but then you have that pressure. So it's kind of hard to, like, so that sounds like a good way to, you know, kind of, you know, still get get use out of the things, but, you know, show how versatile it could be and, and yeah, and just hold on to, hold on to things longer which right. a lot of people don't do. So, and exactly. what, what, what trends are you excited about? Um, well, I love fall. I mean, I, well, let me, let me, re I love the summer for the lifestyle, but I do love fall fashion. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I mean, the plaid look is, is amazing. I'm really loving all the great plaid, ja you know, the jackets, you know, look, we're seeing a lot of jackets right now, which are gorgeous. Um, I've always been a leopard print girl. So um, even though, in my opinion, leopard never goes out of style, I'll always have it in my closet right now. We're just seeing, you know, a lot of it. And I think that that snakeskin, you know, twist is really great. So um, that's, you know, another trend that I would definitely, you know, I would add in the snakeskin. I've had a lot of the leopard, but now I'm going to add in the, the snakeskin. So all the animal prints are great and the, the plaids are really, you know, really nice. Yeah. And I also like that there, you know, there's a lot of like mixture of different textures. Like we're coming back to kind of like we're going to, you know, you can have the leather with the lace with the, you know, just kind of even in one dress, you know, that yeah. mixture is, is, is cool. So, and I, I saw um, Sally LaPointe, La I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. She, <laughs> she made this sequined maxi dress in a copper mm -hmm. gown. It's like, it's, it's really gorgeous. Um, is there anything right now that's being sold that you're just dying to have? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that there's like one particular item that I'm obsessing over, but I've been following Mr. Self-Portrait and I love all of his designs. So I would like to have one of his pieces in my collection. <laughs> say it again. Which one? Mr. Self-Portrait. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you're, you're, so that's Okay, got it. Gotcha. Do you follow him? Um, I actually, I, I don't. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up. <laughs> yeah, so, he has some really, really unique pieces. And uh, is it is his uh, pieces sold in the like in department stores or how? Where where do you? Um, yeah. I mean, I see, I'm trying to think. Where I've seen him. I'm pretty sure some of the Nima Marcus carries them. Um, and, and I'm sure he has, you know, stores as well. Like I said, I, I saw him on Instagram and that's where I always see it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to definitely have to, get, I'm going to have to check that out for sure. I think, I think you would like his stuff. Okay. I will check it out. I mean, I, you know, it's amazing that there's so many designers out there and like, there's just I know. so much beauty. Like there, there, you know, you could, and, and it's, it's just like, and there's like so many up and coming ones and, um, but, but that's great. Cause like, you know, we have so many, now we have more choices. So yeah, I was, at, I was in the coterie today. I went to the coterie, which is um, in the Javits center. Um, I'm not sure if you're, you've ever been, but it's, um, it's just this, I mean, humongous, like just, you know, the Javits Center is huge, right? So it's just, it's just designer after designer, floors of, of them. And, and basically, I, I think most of the people that go to the Coterie are stores or, or buyers and they're purchasing, they were showing the spring line. So you're kind of seeing the line and then purchasing for, you know, the next season. Um, for me, I go there because I like to kind of meet the PR um, people for the different designers so that when I'm doing, when I am working with a celebrity, I have the contact of the different showrooms of who I can contact to pull from the showrooms. But I also kind of like to see what's coming out and, and take a look at everything. And it is, while it is amazing and just a really cool place to be, it is completely overwhelming. There are just, like you said, just so many designers out there. You know, a lot of them I'm familiar with and I've, I've you know, purchased personally or for my clients or worked with in the past. But there's also, you know, always new designers that are emerging and that are that are there and that I'm saying, oh, you know, you know, this looks cool. What is this? And and so it's, it is. It's really cool. But, you know, also kind of hard to keep up with. Um, I give any designer that's going to try to, you know, step into this a lot of credit. Um, there's a store downtown, too. It's called Flying Solo. I went there after Fashion Week. Um, after one of the shows, um, one of the, I think Fashion Week Online had an event there. 
and I think it's all like new designers that are coming out and they can they can sell their stuff in the store so it's kind of like they rent space there and I met um, a couple of design, designers there as well and you know it's, it's tough it's tough to break in it's tough to make a name for yourself um, so I mean, yeah give them a lot of credit definitely and actually kind of that leads into my next question which is about you know I know you're a mom you have two children I do, yeah. And has it been easy? How has it felt to balance that, uh, being a mom and having a career? Yeah, that's that's um, that's a tough one. I I, I actually I have a daughter and she's going to be eighteen. And I always kind of said, I think raising a girl is 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 complicated because you know you're sitting there and you're saying to them, okay, study hard, study hard, go get a job, you know, or you know, go to college so you can get a great job. So you can, and then and then at some point they're going to kind of have to make that decision, right, whether or not they're going to stay at home or they're going to work. And for me personally, I just never saw myself as being you know staying home. All the time. So what I really did love, or you know, do still love about this whole industry for me is that it's not a full-time, every single minute of every single day job. Although Instagram has turned into one, a full-time job. <laughs> um, that that's exhausting. Um, but you know, in, in the production world and, and with the styling and what what I've been doing over the last you know, tw- I guess 14 years now, it has it's enabled me to to work, but kind of on my own schedule, like not entirely. I can't choose the shoot day, obviously, or the fitting day but when I'm pulling if I have a few days I can I can kind of work it like when they were at school I could I could go and then I could break it up into maybe two days as opposed to shopping in one so it gave me a little freedom to do that I think it's you know it's definitely um, it's, it's it's difficult you know you feel guilty no matter what you do um, and the one thing that I will say that you know I've asked my children I've had conversations with them about it and they always kind of thought what I was doing was cool and so I think that I gave them, you know, both the idea that you can, you know, you can do both. You can, I can be a mom and I was always very present and I still am. I might, I have more time now, obviously, as my children have gotten a little bit older, um, but I still need to be here and I still need to be present. Um, but I also, you know, can, can have a career and, and do something for myself. And one of the things that I've always loved about, you know, being on set and, and doing what I do is that when I'm working, I sort of have a whole, I have my own identity. So when I'm home, I'm, you know, I'm mom or I'm my husband's, you know, wife. And, and then when I'm on set and I'm working, I'm, I'm none of those things. I'm just Kristen, the wardrobe stylist. So that, that has always, you know, been really something that's important to me. And I, again, I, I've showed my, my children and my daughter especially that, you know, you can sort of maintain your own identity and still work while raising your kids. You know, but to each his own. I mean, I, I have friends who stay home and they love it, and you know, I that's great. And I, if I had that in me to be that person to stay home, I, maybe I would have. It's just I have to be going, going twenty four seven. That's just my personality. Yeah, and I mean, it's really nice to know that it it is possible to. You know, obviously, you've made it possible for yourself. And but you know, like when I initially wanted to go into the fashion industry. I guess I didn't really know that there were so many different paths that I could take. Um, right. And, and I kind of saw it as just like a very competitive, um, you know, job that I would have to be at from like, you know, nine to, I don't know, eight o'clock at night or something like that in order to make it. So I kind of put mm-hmm. that on the back burner because I have four kids. Um, right. I didn't have four kids then, but in my head, you know, I wanted a job where I could, like, you know, come home when they came home, when they got right. to be home when they came home from school. So, but I, as I'm talking to more people in the industry, I'm seeing that there's so much um, variety. Like, there's, there's just, there's a, a lot of paths that you could take. So it's just nice to know that, um, that for, for, for the future and for other people who want to do it and they're worried that they're not going to be able to have that balance, that it is possible. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's a, there, there are definitely options. The fashion industry is, you know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, it doesn't always pay great. I mean, you know, if my daughter said tomorrow, I want to go into fashion, I'd probably be like, no, <laughs> um, I th- I, you know, again, for me, like I have to say, yes, I was, I, I, I am talented and I've always you know, I was kind of born with this natural ability to, to work with fashion. Like I have that artistic mind, um, you know, but then again, that doesn't make you a stylist. There's so many other things that you need to learn. And, and I have a lot of, you know, young 
college kids who come to me and they're looking for internships and they're coming from FIT or different places because they want to break into the industry and that's something that's really important. They do need to, to do that. They need to like train and learn how to do it. But you know, in general, like there, there is a perception like, like, well, with any career, I think you do have to work long hours. And so in this industry for like for the production world, I mean, that's why I never got into say doing a TV show, like the full blown show or say, or doing um, a movie. Because when I was working on Boardwalk Empire, they, I was talking to them because they were interested in me coming on their crew and doing, because I just did the show opener. And then the makeup, hair and makeup people were like, well, just so you know, <laughs> you know, we, we shoot for, I think as they said, I think it was seven months or nine months straight. We work 16 hours a day, five days a week with two weeks off for Christmas. So I started doing the math and going, okay, well, that means that I wouldn't see my kids when they woke up in the morning and I wouldn't see my kids when they went to bed at night. So I would basically only see them on the weekend and then I'd probably be too tired anyway to see them. So there's certain, you know, decisions that I made in my career, you know, that I chose not to do because I didn't, I needed to be present for my kids. So that's why I like the commercials. That's why I like the TV promos and the print ads and those kind of things, because typically those shoots are, you know, a couple days max. And during that time, I'm very busy and I'm on set and I may not see my kids for a couple of days, which is hard, but then I could have a week where I see them every single day. Um, so that's what I, I do like about it. Um, and again, that's why I never went into the retail aspect of it because that's nights, weekends. You know, I never wanted to work in a store. I did it when I was, you know, in my 20s and I did it. But once I became a mom and I was, you know, I didn't want to work. I, I want to be here on the weekends. I want to be here at night. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely different, different aspects of the business to get break into. Not all of them are super easy, but I think, you know, if you listen, if you want to do something, you find a way and you make it work. That's my, that's my philosophy. Yeah. And just to backtrack a little bit, um, because I'm so curious, but do you, who have been your favorite people to style? Like, I know you mentioned the author, but is there anyone else that you, you know, feel specifically that you love to style or that you wish you could style? Um, I mean, not in particular. I mean, I do kind of think, you know, who I think was, I, I, did, I loved working just because of his personality. I thought Steve Buscemi was one of the, you know, just nicest men. So when you work with celebrities, you know, you'll come up with different, different situations. And typically it's either, in my experience, one way or the other, they're either like amazing to work with or, or they're just awful. <laughs> so, um, so when you work with somebody who's like Steve Buscemi, who was so, you know, such a humble person and he was so grateful to me and thanking me and, and at the end of the shoot, giving me this big hug and saying, oh my God, you know, thank you for taking such good care of me. Like to me, that, that's just an amazing feeling. So it's not about what was great about styling them because I loved what they were wearing or it's more about just the interaction and the personality that, you know, just connecting with that person. So, I mean, again, I've, you know, I've styled a lot of celebrities I've done, you know, are men. I was, I flew to Atlanta and worked with Sam Champion, um, did his show, show open for his, um, his new weather uh, news channel. I, I worked with Anthony Bourdain prior, you know, unfortunately he's no longer with us, um, was shooting on rooftops with him and drive, you know, just all, all over New York City. And that was super fun because everybody knew who he was. And it was funny because I didn't before, because like I said, I don't watch TV. So I didn't, so every time I'm, I'm styling a celebrity or styling anybody, I will kind of Google them, get to know who they are before I go work with them. And so, you know, I didn't know who he was. And here we are, like we're on the streets and people are running up to him. They're giving him gifts. He, he drove in my car. I drove him down to Wall Street because the, the crew van was a little bit late. And people were rolling their windows down and just screaming at him, Anthony, you know, and I mean, it was just, it was just, it's just kind of that really cool energy, you know, but again, it's not really the, the people, it's just the whole experience for me. Um, I just you know, love, you know, the Microsoft shoot was so amazing watching these gorgeous, you know, I, I custom designed these ballerina costumes for Microsoft and then we shot it. Um, it was like, I think it was Roosevelt Island and, and just watching these talented, beautiful ballerinas, you know, dancing in, in these costumes that I had designed was, you know, super amazing. Um, there's just, I mean, there's just so many things over the last 14 years. I, sometimes I can't even remember everything I've done. Um, but every, every, every client and every shoot I've done has really just been fun and amazing and a learning experience and just so I can't really pick one <laughs> yeah and you know um first of all you're very inspiring and, oh thank you yeah and um 
it's just like, you know, it seems like you enjoy the creative process and you also value the, you know, the people, the human connection. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's just amazing, really. And I have a question about the modest fashion space, but that's where I'm coming from. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think? I know because, like, I'm seeing a lot nowadays, like, in terms of, you know, designers are showing more modest pieces, even, like, Zara, and, you know, a lot of the things they're, you know, they're just trying to be more inclusive. Um, I still don't feel like there's enough options, but um, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, we're see, I, I'm seeing even more like modest style influencers becoming popular on social media. I know Uniqlo did something. They teamed up with, with someone and did, did a, a whole modest, friendly um, fashion line. So um, I think that the more, you know, we see that movement towards it, I do, you know, we will start to see designers responding. Um, I, th I think whenever there's, whenever there's a need and, and, and it's becoming apparent, and it's something that needs to be filled, then it will be responded to. It may be a, a slow, slower than we, you know, than you or, you know, people who are dressing this way would like to see it. Um, but I, I do think like if you, over the last few years that we are seeing more of it. Um, and again, I think if there's the more influencers that are on there that are, that are showcasing that kind of look will inspire the designers to sort of, you know, take that lead and, and, and go in that direction. Um, you know, for, for me in the meantime, like I said, I'm always looking for those, those looks, and I feel like it's not one particular designer that's doing it, but within each line, you can always find something. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, I do agree. I do agree. And there's definitely ways to make things look modest, and you know, mm -hmm. whether it's like they're, you know, if you, you know, like wearing a slip dress, but you're wearing it with, uh, you know, a turtleneck underneath, or you're wearing a, a knit over the slip dress. So it could be that it's, you know, strap -less. Which is, by the way, trending right now. There, that, yeah. That's the trend right now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I have a slip dress in my closet, and I'm still, like, feeling it out. Um, <laughs> but, oh. but I'll get there. I'll get there. No, I know I have, I know what I, you know, I have a plan. But um, but I, I just think that, like, from a lot of people that I've talked to, my friends and people in my community, they'll, they don't go to, they don't always go to like the department stores and they don't, because it kind of, it's frustrating. Like they won't go to like Saks or Bloomingdale's because, you know, they have to go through everything and it's like a whole process. So right. sometimes I wish that it was kind of like curated that there, there was know, like one, yeah, there was like one place for, you know, that you can go and, and it's like, there's, everything as opposed to having sort of to fish through which which again that's kind of the nature of my whole you know world like I'm I'm always when, you know when I'm pulling for a shoot and I'm looking for okay the inspiration is is this now I'm going to stores and I'm literally on tunnel vision trying to find that particular look feel color whatever it is so I can completely relate to you know having to sort of fish through an entire store for like one or two things um so I mean yeah, yeah. I mean it would I, I, I it would be nice it would be nice if, you, if they could you know meet everybody's needs right but I I know I know you know you can't you know expect every um you know for them to just do that for everybody because obviously it's, mm -hmm. you know, time consuming and there's a lot of other things that go into it. But okay, right. that should be hope. I can hope and I can, you know. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I think the more, like the more need, you know, becomes, becomes apparent that there's a need for it. Yeah. You know, then, then the designers will sort of follow that lead, but it has to become more, you know, apparent that there's a need for it. Yeah. So I would you, you need a big move. You need you need a movement. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I so what would you like to see change in the fashion industry? Is there is there something that you you wish would change? Well, you know, kind of along the lines of what I was saying before with you know the women over thirty five. Mm -hmm. I would just, I would love to, I would love to see, you know, like even, even if the looks are appropriate for, or even designed for older women, like I still feel like we're not seeing as many models that are over that age. Um, although I was seeing, I think I'm trying to designer today used Kate Moss and she's getting, you know, she's getting a little bit older. So some of the models that I grew up with are, are getting older, but I would love to see like women models who are a little bit more real 
Um, just because I think that a lot of women, you know, well, most women don't look like that, right? Almost all women don't look like that. So, we, you know, we're looking at it and, we're in, and again, it's hard to envision it on ourselves when, when we don't look like that. So to see the models, you know, maybe a little bit older, um, a little bit more um, human. Just, no, I'm joking. You know, <laughs> not, <laughs> not so perfect. The, not so perfect. Not so. You know? Not so perfect. Exactly. And I, I also would say that um, you know, not for me personally, but just for for clients or or even when I'm doing shoots, like I definitely feel like there's a, a lot missing for um, you know for larger women because I, they're just a forgotten. They're forgotten in the industry. And whenever I go to pull for them, there are you know there are lines that cater to them. But at the same time, they're not fashionable. They're just not. So, I mean, I just, I just like to see things get a little more real. I know if you look at like CVS, for example, they have this new campaign now where nothing can be retouched. So it, it's really all in the beauty industry. We're saying, okay, let's not look at these people and say, oh my God, I'm so depressed because I don't look like that because nobody looks like that. They've just photo edited, you know, photoshopped and, and edited it to make everyone look perfect. So now I would like to see that kind of more in the fashion industry too. Like let's, let's see some, a little bit more real models like Dove, Dove does that, right? Dove has the, you know, average size, regular size women. So it'd be nice to sort of see that in the fashion magazines and on the models and in the catalog so that we're seeing, oh yeah, I could wear that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see, you want to be able to see yourself. You want to feel in, included. So that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as it, they definitely come, like it's, it's definitely, you know, getting better, but it's not to the point where everyone, it's not, it's not, we're, they're not there a hundred percent for sure. No, no, it is. It's changing. It's low change. And, you know, we're seeing it in different areas, but I think that um, they still have a ways to go. <laughs> Yeah. So one last question. What are okay. your what are your professional goals for the future? So, you know, as I as I mentioned before about my my um kind of trying to fill that niche of over thirty five. Um, I don't see myself ten years from now still doing these shoots and schlepping around and, you know, returning that ten thousand dollars of the clothes and, and packing things up and going to fittings. As much as I love the industry, um, I, I I think that I'm really trying to move more towards influencing, speaking. Yeah, I'd love to be on morning shows, you know, more morning shows and, and talking and just really filling that niche for women over thirty five. So so my whole goal would be I'd love to write a book. You know, that's definitely on my on my bucket list. I'd love to write a book and also um, just kind of be that spokesperson and that inspiration for for women over 35 and to do that I need to get out there I need to be seen more I mean I've you know I've, I've been doing that a lot I've been featured in some magazines I'm now writing for a magazine um, on, online for Bella magazine but you know the more and more I do that the more and more I get out there I just want to be sort of that that inspiration for for women over 35 and and that's really my goal and I you know I don't look at things as an end game because I also believe that as you're going along the path, as you're doing your journey, you're going to come, you know, different things are going to come in your path. And maybe you're going to say, oh, well, I didn't really expect that. But this is really great. You know, so I'm kind of going going along with the flow with it, but definitely a book as well. I would love to write a, a you know, sit down and I've been blogging. So maybe my blogs will all just go into one big book. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. And I will yeah. buy that book. <laughs> yes. Promise. Yes, <laughs> Great. I promise. Um, but really, thank you so much for coming on the show and just being so real and, um, you know, and just sharing all your adventures and, uh, you know, your passion for fashion. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we met in the most random way, right? Right outside of the the fashion show. (laughs) So that was really great. And I'm super excited to, you know, be sharing this with you. And I hope to stay in touch. Yes, definitely. 